Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in His love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Father, we come to You thanking You that You, You are the one we desire. You've left nothing out, nothing undone. And there's nothing that we want more than You. There's nothing we need but You. So, Father, we ask You to pour out Your presence and love and life upon us this day. Speak to our hearts and make us what You want us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you here with us today. Blessing, welcome. Welcome to those of you that are watching online. and We welcome you to... To this place, we are excited about what God is doing in our midst. Uh, well, spring break has broke, and uh, school tomorrow, kids. School tomorrow. I didn't hear a single parent praise the Lord. <laughs> so you must have enjoyed your kids. We're in a couple of weeks of sermon and, and uh, we started last week called Transformed Living. Transformed Living. I love definitions and transformed is defined as to change in condition, nature or character. And then living is the pursuit of a lifestyle to that specific type. We looked at last week about being born from above, being born again, being transformed by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. And uh, we we talked about being different, but I, I, today I want to talk about the living of it, how to live a transformed life, and truly the living of it, and not just uh, the talking about it. Uh, I'm going to make a statement here at the beginning. A Christian is distinctly different from the world. A follower of Jesus Christ is absolutely distinctly different from the world. Have you ever heard the, 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 the phrase, as different as daylight and dark? That literally is true of us. The difference between darkness and light. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians 5, 8. We're going to start there, be there for a few moments, and then we'll go on. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. If you don't understand the difference between before you were a believer and after you were a believer, then you're not going to understand what I'm talking about this morning. You won't understand how dramatically different and transformed your life became when you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't understand what the Scripture teaches of the drastic Absolute difference in you before and after. How many of you have ever taken one of them before and after pictures? 
Well, all you have to do is pick up one before. And uh, remember what you look like. I used to have hair. Now, now, you don't believe it. I used to have long hair. Down to my shoulders. Now my shoulders caught up with my head. The whole point I'm trying to make is, before and after, I, do, I used to be 140 pounds and 6 foot 2. I don't weigh 140 anymore. I got close to 240 one time, but hopefully that's gone. What I'm trying to say is, there's a difference, a drastic difference, an absolute difference. I'm calling it a distinct difference before you were a Christian and after you're a Christian. It's a difference of darkness and light. I want you to note these two words there. You were and you are. You were once darkness, past tense. Now, everybody say now. Now you are light in the Lord, present tense. Present tense doesn't mean that that happened when you were seven years old. Present tense means that right now, now, in the continual living of your life, you are light in the Lord. You can be different in this world because you are different from this world. You may sometimes act like the world, but because of your new life in Jesus Christ, you will never again be like the world. And listen to me, that's why you can't get away with sin. Isn't it amazing? You used to could get away with sin because it was a lifestyle. But now you try to do what you used to could do and uh, all heaven breaks loose in your life. Have you ever tried to run from God and run into Him? The reason is, is because you were something and now you are someone. Sin hasn't changed. The world hasn't changed. You changed. You have. And the difference is as absolute as darkness and light. Now, I want you to look at these words closely because it's important. The Apostle Paul says, you were once darkness. Not once you were in the dark. Not once that you were playing in the dark. Darkness was in you. You were under its rule, its influence. You did what was dark because you were dark. Apart from Christ, there is no light spiritually. You're in the dark. Not only, I said that wrong. You are, you were once darkness. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, Paul reminds us, he says, and you who he made alive were dead in trespasses and sins. I don't know anything darker than a grave. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You walked in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also you were once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. And then it says, but God. You were once, notice that, you were once, you were once, you were once, you were once darkness. Just as the others. But now, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by His work on the cross, and by your receiving Him to be your 
Lord, your master, to be born from above. He says, now you are light in the Lord. Not you saw the light or you believed in the light. You are light in the Lord. He's not saying something has happened to you. He's declaring your identity. You are light in the Lord. This is who you are now. Not just in the light or even having been enlightened. You are light. Why? Because the light, Jesus, has entered into you. He has possessed you. He has lit you up. You've been filled with the light Himself. Every aspect of your life is changed from darkness to light in the Lord. And it's all in the Lord. It's because of Him that you've been redeemed, regenerated, made new, made light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 that says that, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And Colossians 1, 13 says, He has delivered us from the power, the domain, the kingdom of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom or domain of His Son, the Son of His love, the light of the world. It is literally a creative work. Just as much as when God said, let there be light, when you trusted Jesus, it was like God said, let there be light. And you became something you had never been before. A new creation. He shined the light, delivering us from the power of darkness and translating us into the realm and dominion of His Son. We don't just believe in Christ. We are joined to Him. We are in Him and He is in us. There is this living union. We are partakers, participants of His very life and light. That's what it means to be transformed. That's just the introduction. Just in case you were wondering. That's telling you what we talked about last week. You are a new creation. You have been recreated. You have literally been transformed. You are distinctly different. From the world. Now look at that last part. So therefore, walk as children of light. We're to live, to conduct ourselves, to live as children, the offspring of light. We can walk that way because that's who and whose we are. We are of the same nature, the same DNA. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. At all, When Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit, entered into you, when you trusted Jesus, He didn't give up His lightness. He didn't give up being light and no darkness of all. All the darkness had to leave when He came in. You were no longer darkness. You were light in the Lord. Sounds like I'm trying to convince you, doesn't it? Because we need convincing. We are begotten of God. The light is in us. We're not just reflecting the light. It's in us. We become the container. The light bulb. Containing the source. You know, there's 48 bulbs, I believe, right now. At least in the ceiling. I've changed them all at one time or another. But none of them produce light. But they are the container of the light that's being produced. Now, you would say, well, look at that light. And it is shining. But that light 
is just the demonstration and the manifestation of what's real about that being a container of that which is energy that produces. You see, you don't see the light. You see because there is light. Walk as children of light. Well, what does that look like? Verse 9 of Ephesians 5 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The New Living Translation says it this way, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Goodness, agathosunis in the Greek, it carries the idea of benevolence or consideration or generosity. But it's an active word. In other words, it's expressing itself toward others. It's goodness toward others. It's the opposite of selfish and self-centered. Goodness is agape love, self-sacrificing love in action. So the fruit of this light is goodness. The fruit of this light is righteousness. Diakonosunis. Diakonosunis. It's rightness of character before God and right actions before men. It means to be upright in lifestyle and conduct. It's the production of being that light. It does right because it is right. Now listen to me. Christians don't do right because there's some legalism out here telling you you've got to do this. Christians, real Christians do right because they are right and it is right. Righteousness... It's not something you earn. Righteousness is what you become when you trust Jesus Christ as as Lord and Savior. And in that righteousness, you live out in this world. And you live right because it is right. And He produces that in you. And then truth. Aletheos. It means honesty or openness, candor, integrity. There's no deceit or nothing to hide. No pretense. Our Texas word for that is, you're real. You're real. Did you know there's no word in the Greek for reality in in the New Testament? The word in the Greek for reality is truth. It's true. So the fruit or the production or that which flows out of, of this you being light is goodness and righteousness and truth. And it'd be good if we just stopped right there, wouldn't it? That's God, that's what I, I, that's what I want. I want to walk in goodness and righteousness and truth. Thank you, Lord. I'm the light. It's kind of like the picture of Israel when Moses come down on the, off the mountain having received the Word of God, having received the commands of God, and he shared it with the people. And the people said this, we will do it. We'll do it. So I know if I were to stop here, we'd all go out and say, I'm going to be good, I'm going to be righteous, and I'm going to be true. I'm the light. I'm no longer darkness. But Paul didn't stop there. He said, by verse 10, he said, uh, you'll find out, you'll discern what is acceptable to the Lord. And then verse 11 starts with and. Look at verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed or made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. In other words, these works, these unfruitful works of darkness, don't have fellowship, don't be a partaker, don't participate with unfruitful works of darkness. Well, what? What what things? What unfruitful 
works of darkness. What's that? What's the unfruitful works of darkness? Go back to verse 3 of Ephesians 5. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man, nor who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words or with their own narratives. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, don't be partakers with them. Like I said, it'd been great if God had just, if Paul had just stopped with goodness and righteousness and truth, but then he defines it. Well, what is these unfruitful works? Works of darkness. Don't let anyone deceive you with this. Don't let anybody's narrative convince you it otherwise. And so he begins to name them in verse 3. I'm going to change kind of the words because uh, sometimes Bible words don't mean the same thing to us as they do in our day. Let me just say, first of all, what are these works of darkness? Immorality. Fornication. It's a Bible word for, it's a Bible term for improper sexual activity. It's sexual activity outside of God's created prescribed means of a man and his bride, of a man and woman as his wife. It's sexual activity with another woman or another man outside of marriage is just a cheap, contaminating counterfeit to God's best. It's unfruitful. It will produce nothing. It will do no good. It's not going to produce goodness or righteousness or truth. We're living in a sex-crazed society today. There's no limits, no rules, no fear, no embarrassment, no common sense. Just unrestrained lust, immorality. Don't. It's unfruitful. It's never going to work. There's nothing going to come of it. I'm not, Paul, you know, Paul didn't mince words. He called sin, sin. You know, he could have said, just don't sin and we'd have been okay. But instead, he gets real specific. We don't like specifics. As long as we leave it in generalized terms, we can rationalize it, downgrade it, justify it, excuse it. But specifics get too close to home. You know, immorality, fornication, sexual activity. It's the language of our world. It's the narrative of our times. And Paul's saying, you're light. That doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Then he says, impurity, all uncleanness. It speaks of indecency and vulgarity, suggestiveness and gross and shameful fleshly corruption in thought and in behavior. Where immorality is the action, impurity is the attitude. I may not do anything, but I think it all the time. Inordinate desires, covetousness, greed, a grasping attitude. The desire to have and to be an advantage over others. Now listen to me, greed is not just to have more. Greed is to have more than others. I want to have more that will define me. I want to have more. You know, they did a test. The people, would you rather have $50,000 
or $100,000. If everybody got uh, $50,000, everybody got 50, would that be okay with you? And they said, no, we want more. They would rather have $100,000 and everybody else have 50. It's not the, the greed, the idolatry is not in the amount. The idolatry is in I want more than them. I want more than him. I want more that will define me. It's inordinate desire, covetousness. Don't let it even be named among you. And then improper speech, filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. Just no obscene language, no silly talk, no empty, frivolous, senseless talk, no coarse jesting. Coarse jesting, that's a Bible word. It's a strange phrase, but it means to twist words. It means to take what is being said and twist it into to have or imply another meaning altogether. Usually indecent or silly. It's to twist words. Somebody says a statement and you take that statement because one word could be defined another way and you twist it into sensualness. Improper speech. These are not to be named among us. Not because there's some rule or Paul is going to lay something heavy on you. No, they're not, they're not to be named among us because they don't fit with who we are. It's not fitting for us. It's not proper. It's, it's not fitting because it doesn't fit with who you are in Christ. And listen to me. A Christian doesn't have to give up things because of some religious legalism. You give up things because it's no longer who you are. I don't... It doesn't take much if there's a steak and a hot dog to know what I want. And God is offering us goodness and righteousness and truth. And we're playing games with hot dogs in this world. And we think it's cool. No, it, it doesn't really matter. You can watch that. You can do that. You can be participate in that. You can use, you can talk like that when everybody else is talking like that. And Paul is saying, don't let it even be named among you. It doesn't fit with who you are. You are light. Darkness is no longer who you are. You're light in the Lord. Christian doesn't do things because they are commands. He lives the Christian life because Christ, the commander, lives in him. Look at verse 11 and also verse 13. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And a key word here is unfruitful. Listen, we're going to fall and we're going to do things that the world would do. We're going to get caught up in things and we're going to go down sometimes these avenues that we know we shouldn't be going down. We're going to be, we're going to be deceived into areas and we're going to do the deeds of darkness. I understand that. But you can't live there. You can't live there because that's not who you are. And let me tell you, have you ever run away from God and run into Him? You know, the more when God first called me to preach, I wanted to do anything but preach, and so I started trying to get God off my back. And let me tell you how I tried to get God off my back. I tried to be the worst sinner I thought I could be, so He'd leave me alone. 
And every time I would try to get into things, I'd meet somebody that knew Him. And they would tell me something I, I got literally witnessed to in a car by one who wasn't even a believer. But he said, how could you? I thought you were. And he began to tell me what he thought about me. And I was trying to live opposite. And I met Jesus, not literally, but I met Jesus in a man who was telling me who I was. You can't live there. Because you're no longer darkness. You're light. The more I tried to put out the light, the more light showed up. Don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now listen to me. Those works of darkness will not bear fruit of anything good, righteous, or true. I don't care what narrative is going on in the world today. Those are unfruitful. They will not produce life. You can excuse it. You can downgrade it. You can say, well, we're past that time. We're past these biblical times. We're in a new day. We're in a new way. Listen, there's nothing new under the sun. Have I beat that dog bad enough? Have no fellowship. Don't, don't participate with it. Don't be an accomplice to it. Don't be getting mixed up with it. They're unfruitful, but rather expose them. And you know, my old Texas thing, when I read the word expose, I'm thinking, okay, you're supposed to point it out. You're supposed to show it. No, that's not what this word means. The word expose doesn't mean to uncover their sin. It means to convince them of something different but by means of evidence in your own life. To convince them. To convince them by evidence. In other words, you don't... <laughs> you don't dispel the darkness by living in the dark. You dispel the darkness by being light. You know, you don't have to worry about darkness when you flip on the light switch. The dark disappears and everything that was going on in the dark scurries with it. So how do we expose what's going on in the world? Be light. Stand up and be who God made you to be. Expose, because everything, here's what it says, it means to be light in the midst of the darkness, because by all things they are exposed, or all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. In other words, light exposes. Ephesians 5.14, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Wake up. Wake up to who you are. You may be actively, actively doing things, things you know you're not supposed to do, but you're no longer that. You may have gotten trapped in it, but you're no longer that. And you never will be. You are light in the Lord. Wake up. Tell yourself the truth. Shake off the sleep. Open your eyes to the truth as to spiritual reality and, and conduct. Goodness resides in you. Righteousness is your future. Truth is who you really are. Arise from the dead. 
Stand up out of from the dead ones. Stand up different from the darkness. You can live different because you are distinctly different. And Christ will give you light. And that's in the present tense. And Christ will continually be giving you light. When you stand up to be who God made you to be, God gives you more and more and more. Because here's the thing. God wants you to be the container of the divine light that will express, express His love and life to this world. He wants you to be the light set on a hill. He wants you to be that one who is there. That, the one that is Himself light. Christ will give you light. John eight twelve says this. Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. That's a promise. Have you ever wondered... I know people have come to me and said, Preacher, I just need a new job. I just need a new job. If I could just, you know, everybody around me is just, and they're just pulling me down and dragging me down. If I could just get a new job. But the more they pray for a new job, they don't get a new job. There's things going on in families. If I could just get away from this, I'd be okay. If I could just get out of this, I'd be okay. If you just, have you ever wondered why God leaves you in those places? You've asked Him for a change, to change you, to get you out, to put you in a place of peace, but you're still there. What if God knows that in you, you are light, and you can be light right in the middle of the darkness? And what you've got your attention on is the darkness instead of who you are and what God might want to be doing. Yeah, it's painful sometimes. And see how sometimes it's embarrassing. And sometimes you get labeled and those kind of things. But hold, listen, you're no longer that. You're not darkness. You're light now. In Luke chapter 8, you don't have to turn there. There's an account of where Jesus is, goes to the, across the sea to the Gadarenes. And there's a demonic man there that meets Jesus and he's naked and he lived in the tombs and when people tried to chain him he would break the chains and he was tormented and, and Jesus cast a legion out of him and you know they go into the pigs and the pigs run off the cliff and they drown in the sea. And Jesus literally sets this man, this demonized man free. And there you see him clothed and sane and sitting at the feet of Jesus. And the people of that area, in fear, asked Jesus to leave. Get up. Get away from us. And the freedman begs Jesus that he could go with him. You would think, if, if you would not read the story, that Jesus would say, Sure, come on, follow me. Come on, follow me. Be one of mine. That doesn't happen in the story. And I can almost hear that man thinking, Jesus, you're leaving? These people didn't like me before. They're sure not going to like me now. It looks like, Jesus, you don't care. What if the demons come back? Jesus, can I go with you? I'll just hang out in the back. And Jesus says no. Verse 39 of Luke 8, Jesus said this, Return to your own house. And tell what great things God has done for you. 
And he went away and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. (laughs) Can you imagine? Jesus has left. But Jesus left a light to that city. And everywhere that guy went, all they could see is he once was darkness. But now he's light in the Lord. He once had legion. Now he's God's freed man. They told Jesus to leave, and now they leave one that's just like him. Every place he went, he declared the good things God had done for him. You know, I've got a feeling if we started declaring what the good things God has done for us, it'd change the conversation in some of the places we are. If we just started telling people the good things... Start shining the light in the middle of darkness. You may be listening to this, sitting at home hiding. It's easy to hide at home. Nobody knows what you're going through. You may feel trapped. You may be here and you feel trapped. You feel like where you are, you don't have a choice. You'll never get out. You've you've done these things. You've been these things. There's no way you could ever be anything different. I've got good news for you. Jesus sets captives free. You could have a legion of demonic things and Jesus with one word can set you free and you be clothed and sane and filled with the fullness of who He is. You would be light in your world. You may be here and you may be like, Preacher, I can't do that. No, you can't do that, but Jesus can. You may be here and you feel trapped by the things that you've agreed to in the world. You've lived this thing and you've done it and you think, well, if, 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 if I start speaking up, if I start being light, all my friends will leave and all these things. Listen, it's unfruitful anyway. It's not going to bear anything good. And can I tell you, people in darkness are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Maybe you're here this morning and you've walked with Jesus and you know what it was to be living for Him and all that, but somehow the narrative of the world and and you see the darkness just kind of rolling in and you think, you know, nothing's working, nothing's happening. Maybe maybe it's not true. Maybe God's not going to get out or get us out of this. Maybe it's not going to finish. Maybe darkness is going to win. I'm telling you, it will not win. Jesus is Lord of all. You need to realize what Jesus has done in forgiving you and cleansing you and making you and receive it again. Let Him be. You can be different today. You can be light in the Lord. Let me close with this scripture. Matthew five fourteen through 16. In the message, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out God's colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. 
Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. If you've been transformed, live it. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come up. I want you to stand with me. I want you to know there is nothing that the enemy has on you that Jesus can't set you free from. Nothing. There's nothing that you've done in your past that Jesus will not, the blood of Jesus Christ will not cleanse you and set you free from. Nothing. There's nothing that you've done knowing you were a believer. Nothing that you've lived in and you found yourself trapped in that He won't set you free from. Nothing. All He is waiting for you is to say yes again to Him. Say yes to Him. These are here to agree with you in prayer. Whatever need that might be happening in your life today. Let me tell you, there's no demon that can hold you bound when Jesus says, let him go. Nothing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite you to minister life to us and freedom and deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 